the service, pressing into him because his spirit is here and he loves to give good things to his children. And I just feel, bring your petitions, bring your requests before him as we worship, as we pray, as we hear the word spoken. Because as you heard Gene's testimony, he answers, he answers, he answers. So don't just stop, but keep pressing into him now, even as we hear the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated? Sorry to disappoint Junior Church. Uh, I think that uh, Helen's brought about some drawings, but there's no Junior Church or push today. And Judith is now going to come to the lectern and bring us our first reading from Hebrews. from Hebrews chapter 13 verses 1 to 8 and verses 15 to 16. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Those who were being tortured, as though you were yourselves being tortured. Let marriage be held in honour by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So <coughs> we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For here we have no lasting city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God that is, the fruit of the lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you, Judith. Should we stand as Keith brings us the gospel reading.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honour, he told them a parable. When you're invited to someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honour in case somebody more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both you and they may come and say to you, Give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lower place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, you may say, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbours, in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to you, Christ. Please be seated. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Have you got it? I trust you believe it. And if you're not sure, there's no shame in that, but please have a word with me afterwards. Even in the simplicity, as it were, of that sentence, we see one of the most profound statements of Jesus in the whole of the Bible. Nevertheless, when I was preparing for this and reading this and the other passage over and over, over the last couple of weeks or so, it suddenly struck me, why has the reader suddenly burst forth 
with this profound statement. After all, the writer, he or she, we don't really know for certain, was writing all about our behaviour as believers. A reminder about hospitality, about sexual morality, about trusting God rather than money, in respecting leadership. In fact, after I spoke at the morning at the eight o'clock, Bimby commented, he said, I could have said a bit more about respecting leadership. <laughs> Tough. But then wham! In comes Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Before actually the writer continues with further exhortations in the little bit that we didn't read. I wonder why was that? And then it struck me. It's there because the writer clearly had the sudden thought come into his or her mind. This is what it's all about. This is what the Christian life is all about. It's ups and downs. The way we behave. It all pivots on this fundamental truth. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. It comes at the end of this letter to the Hebrews and I thought we'd just very briefly scan that letter because it's an extraordinary letter. The title gives us a clue to whom it was written. The Hebrews, in other words, converts from Judaism. They would have been struggling, as is most made most clear in Paul's letter to the Galatians, they would have been struggling with those of the old faith who wanted to add to the new faith bits of the old, like circumcision and certain other hygiene rules. So where does Hebrews begin? Well, not surprisingly, it begins in chapter 1. Most books of the Bible do. It begins by introducing Jesus. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and varied ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. The writer then goes on to speak of the Son's supremacy over all that have gone before, angels, Moses, etc. He then spends quite a lot of time which would have been familiar to his hearers. He talks about the whole priestly structure of sacrifices, etc., 
he raises the issue of this mysterious people, person called Melchizedek. But he points out that all of that was but a shadow of what was to come. That all of it was fulfilled and therefore superseded in Jesus. And he calls to the hearers to persevere, not least in the light of all who have gone before in faith. The great chapter 11 of Hebrews. And in the final two chapters, he encourages to live out our faith, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who is, yes, you guessed it, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But perhaps there may be someone here this morning, or or more than one, who's thinking, well, all this high and fancy stuff in Hebrews is, is okay, Keith, but what does it mean this morning, 28th of September 2022? What does it mean in the midst? August. Yes, it is. I'm ahead of myself. Thank you. Well, I only said that to test that you were listening. But what does it mean in the midst of the challenges we have faced in what seems to be crisis after crisis? We're just sort of coming through COVID to be hammered by energy prices and inflation, etc. Well, at the end of chapter 12 of Hebrews, the writer refers to a shaking that is coming. Not a shaking in the physical sense, like an earthquake, but a shaking of the very fabric of society. Economic, military, government, health, environment, family life. Sound familiar? By contrast, the writer at the very end of that chapter says that in the face of all that, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That kingdom is none other than the one that 2,000 years ago Jesus announced just after his baptism. The time is fulfilled, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God, his rule, his reign, the unshakable kingdom 
But again, for some of us, we may be tempted to say, well, it was all right then, all those centuries ago, but what about today? Surely the world we live in today is totally unrecognisable from the world of Jesus' day. Well, yes, you're right. It is in many, many ways. But no, there are similarities. Yes, it has changed beyond recognition. Technology, social media, the internet, the emergence of democracy as a way of governing. And for our own country, the wonder of the NHS, despite all its problems and difficulties, of the ability to travel wherever we go, almost at the drop of a hat. But much has not changed. There is still rampant poverty, oppression, We still face natural disasters of floods and drought. There are still wars and rumours of wars and the list goes on. None of that has changed. But the reality is that there is one thing or rather two things that have not changed the human heart, and yes, you guessed it, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Despite all our advances for which we can be grateful, despite those a nine-year-old girl can still be shot dead in her home. A leader of one nation can unilaterally invade another and plunge the world into an energy crisis. Millions are still oppressed, tortured, killed, simply because they are different perhaps a different religion or a different ethnic group. But it's all result of the same thing, the human heart when dead to God, dead in trespasses and sins. However, don't despair because Jesus Christ is the same today as he was yesterday and as he will be tomorrow. He who was there in the beginning, the very word by whom God made everything that we see, the heavens and the earth. He was there right through all the ups and downs of Old Testament history and since. He is the one who, when the time had come, 
emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. It is he who faced that cruel death and in so doing took upon himself the just punishment that was due to every single human being who has ever lived or ever will live. It is he who conquered death and ascended back to heaven, taking our humanity with him, pouring out his spirit that all who believe and trust in him could know him personally, know their heavenly father and be empowered to live for him. And he who one day will return in power to welcome us into that unshakable kingdom and be with him forever. This is the one who in the midst of all the crises, all the mess that we experience in our lives, this is the Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday and today and forever. Wow. But what about us? Remember that the context of this amazing declaration was exaltations to the way we live. I believe increasingly that we who know and love Jesus must shout it from the rooftops, or perhaps not literally, but we must be willing to share, willing to tell. I had the most amazing time on Thursday. Three years ago, an ex-pupil of mine contacted me. He's now uh, in his late 40s, might even be 50, I think. He contacted me three years ago and wanted to see me. So he very, very kindly took me, we met up in London and we had lunch together. He is a very devout but not fanatical Muslim. But he said that he always recognised me as a man of faith. We had a wonderful time. We didn't touch much on our faith. We, We caught up on one another's history. We intended to meet again uh, fairly soon after, a few months after, but of course COVID hit. And finally, we met this last Thursday, after a little over three years. But what I found was he was anxious, I mean anxious, to hear my testimony, to hear how I came to faith. And I was able to share with him in an incredibly open way. 
And then it meant that I in turn could ask him about his faith and what Islam meant to him. And even then, after quite a long chat, to ask him what were the issues that caused him to have uncertainties about Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And he, he told me the turn of the, the down-the-line Christian view, uh, uh, Islamic view. But it was such a privilege, and we're going to meet up together. He's a man who is very, very clearly searching. And my constant prayer is that he will meet with Jesus. But I had that privilege of sharing. We all need to do that. We may not have the answers to all the problems that are going on, but in, to coin a phrase, we know a man who has. And we know the one who has the ultimate answer to all humankind's problems, which of course is nothing short of a heart transplant. But also we must live out our faith. Our words must match, must match our lives. We must stand firm on moral issues, whether it's marriage or abortion or euthanasia and many others. We must be generous to those in need, not least in the coming economic crisis. We must come alongside those who are in trouble without judgment. We mustn't be afraid to be different, folks. Not holier than thou, heaven forbid, but we mustn't be afraid to be different because we have Jesus living within. Some sincere Christians believe that these are literally the end times. Jesus' return is imminent. I don't know. Jesus warned us about speculation. And the reality is that the world has faced many crises down through the centuries. But what I do know is he is coming back. The time is nearer than it was yesterday. In fact, it's nearer than when I started preaching, which for some of you may think feels like yesterday. <laughs> but far, far more than any speculation as to when Jesus is actually coming back. We need to remember his main warning was for us to be ready, to live our lives as the writer to the Hebrews says at the end of our reading, to continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips as we confess his name. And do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. 
And we do it all. We do it all in the shadow of that cosmic statement. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen.